Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and I am your guide in this raucous journey of coping with the creative life. Fueled by your questions, we explore the trials and travails of productivity, discipline, art, and finances in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1062. Today we hear from Simon, who has a question for Kitty. Simon asks, What are your thoughts on keeping your cover to the conventions versus standing out a little? For romance, there seems to be very strict rules, but in sci-fi, and especially space opera, there are so many covers with ships on them and nothing to make them stand out from each other that I just skip right over them all. I've been wondering this too, because this drives me nuts about um, science fiction and mystery both right now seem to be very sort of, not monochrome, because there's many colors, but they're, they're so cookie cutter, it's hard to get a grip on them. For mystery, I, I think I kind of want to stay with within conventions, at least within conventions of the whatever the minute subgenre of, of mystery that y you think your mystery story is. Like, there's some slight variation between cozy styles and um, thrillers and modern noir and, and that sort of thing. And I, I would try to keep within, within conventions because the readers of those genres tend to be um, pick up dozens of books and, and, and read very quickly. So you actually want something that doesn't stand out. Right. And I think that is kind of the same for um, romance genre readers as well. Mm. And for sci-fi, I feel like sci-fi readers are not quite so much pick up every single book and read them all. Mm -hmm. At least not now. They might have been back when we were in high school. I think the, the market really started to differentiate in the 70s with the new wave. Could be, and it could be that the reader, science fiction readers that tended to pick up everything within a subgenre were the ones that were reading the TV show tie-in mm. books, like the Star Wars fan mm -hmm. fan novels. and the. I mean, it's been a while, but when I've been hired to design science fiction covers for other people... I've tried really hard to make them stand out with a combination of the typography and the camera angle because the subject matter on the cover is really, really constrained. If you've got space opera, if it's a sort of science fiction story with a with space travel in it, you got to have a spaceship. So, yeah, you know, you you try much subtler things to make them pop. Um, I think my two favorite science fiction covers that I personally have done that still fit genre conventions but do stand out a little are In Darkness Forged for Nathan Lowell. I actually did all of the Solar Clipper series, all three series. I did all the covers for those. Um, but uh, my favorite of those was the In Darkness Forged um, cover. And then 
my cover for the Resurrection Junket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cover for my book, The Resurrection Junket, because it doesn't have multiple covers. It's just got the one. Um, those two very much adhere to genre conventions, but they still stand out. Um, now, Nathan's book sells really, really well, and mine sells really, really badly. And um, I'm going to be finding out in the next few weeks why mine sells... I'm going to be narrowing it down with a series of tests about why mine is selling badly because it's it's not it's not getting the uh, the interesting conversion. So it could be that my cover doesn't actually stand out as much as I think it does. Aha. Uh-huh. Or it stands out too much. Or it could be that it stands out too much. Or it could be that the metadata is all wrong, and I, that's where I'm starting because I know that my metadata is a mess, and that's a problem. But uh, you know, I will report to you guys. I've been in marketing school, and it's uh, oh boy, is it a mind fuck. Uh, but for, that, for for someone who's who who's good with sales, marketing is a nightmare. But Dan does bring up something very very important here: is that you can stand out in your cover with typography, with um, layout, with mm-hmm. color choices, with camera angle, with focus point. There's a lot of ways to differentiate your cover besides the subject matter. True. I mean, you you could get hand-illustrated, painted spaceships, and that would differentiate a lot from the nearly photographic CGI style mm-hmm. that true. seems to be pervasive because it's a lot... Because it's hell, cheap. It's a whole lot cheaper to do that than to pay an actual artist. On, on the other hand, you could try an AI-generated cover like... Cover oh my god! And, I've got and, a um, couple of I've got a couple friends who are really, really kicking the AI cover generation ass. I'm I, like to the point where they're so good doing it, they've learned the language so well that I'm actually thinking of hiring them for a particular cover that I have no idea how to do. I, I was actually going to give a give something give a specific silly example. Mm-hmm. Like tell your AI art generator to make a spaceship painted by Dolly. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. Go crazy with that. Yeah, I'm, you you could find something that's really 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 stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could have fish in space. <laughs> it would probably be ants and melting clocks and boobs in space. Well, he did a lot of fish. He did. He I did. haven't seen his fish. All right, well, fish then. And I thought that was just this joke about how many surrealists does it take to change a light bulb. There was this one fish. W- one weird one with a fish and a pomegranate and a, a really long-legged white horse and a tiger and... Oh, I always thought that was just a projection of your dream state. It is. Oh, okay. I didn't know you knew Dolly. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about this. We'll see you later. This will probably get too pornographic for all of you guys. Bye. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty Nakian, and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2023 J. Daniel Sawyer, and the production is copyright 2023 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, and all other rights are reserved to the author. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.